welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Voodoo Ruler Tower, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Portville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt of PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Sister Girl of SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles, California, bringing us today's topic on domestic magic with kitchen utensils. Afterwards, we'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or rework as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali. Miss Cat, hi. How are you? I'm doing all right. Trying to stay warm. <laughs> well, uh, I've heard it. I've heard it's cold where you are. It's a little chilly here, but we actually had sun this morning for the first time in a long time. And um, we also had a visit from the roofer. Uh, Mr. Benelli of Benelli Roofing. We have um, we're we're due and overdue to re-roof the shop building. You know, you got to do that every 30 years or so because the roofs, you know, they don't last forever. But we also um, had a, a sprang a leak in the barn because of a downed limb that just from the redwood tree that just bang pierced the roof. So Mr. Benelli has uh, got his handfuls. He's going to be patching the barn. He's going to be re- totally re-roofing the shop. It's one of those expenses that you just, um, well, in my case, I saved money by owning the building, but, of course, not paying rent, you end up having to pay for the roof later on. <laughs> it's uh, In the end, you save money. Just a word to the wise. Um, but that's what we've been doing at the Lucky Mojo is just trying to get all of that together. We also have uh, been working very hard trying to catch up on uh, making products. We had a few people out. Uh, winter, always somebody is sick, somebody's out, somebody's coming and going. But we've been working very, very hard to get um, all of everybody's orders in. We're a little behind, not as bad as we've been some Januarys. January, we always get behind because of cleaning the shop. We do a spiritual cleaning that lasts a long time because we have a lot of little things to pick up and dust. But we are um, we're now in the uh, moving forward mode, <laughs> and we'll be caught up probably by February 1st, I hope. Uh, that's usually what it is. Month of January, always a little bit behind, and then we catch up. Um, I've been working on books um, very hard, but I've told you all that a hundred times, but you you know, I'm still working on books very hard, <laughs> and um, hope to have some good news about that very soon. That is it from us. I guess roofing is our uh, weekly report. So, how about you, Countryman What's going on in your world? Well, you know, you said you were you were catching up. Well, I can tell you, it's definitely catch up week for me as well. Um, I'm, I've managed to bring my inbox down, my email inbox down to uh, only 100 emails. 
So wow. <laughs> the last hundred emails will be dealt with tonight uh, and tomorrow. But yeah, it's it's been it's been a week for catch ups. Uh, but other than that, it's been it's been fun, uh, been quite busy, uh, but busy in a good way. You know, we, us Tauruses love to to keep busy. Wow. Well, I'm glad because I know email can really uh, be overwhelming, and oh, yes. um, there's a there's a tremendous amount of work. I managed to avoid a lot of that email just simply by ignoring it and telling mm-hmm. people I don't do email. Sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but well, um. But that's just me. Um, you know, um, speaking of email, though, and speaking of, of um, winter and stuff, um, it's been an interesting time for me also finding certain um, people coming back into my life who I have not heard from in years. And oh, I just want to give a little, you know, little shout out to the synchronicity of that. I have had this last week, clients returning whom I have not read for since 2008, 2009, and 2014. Yeah. And I got into a conversation with somebody about um, this, a person who is a a psychologist and who um, is also a friend of mine and mentioned, well, we don't keep records more than seven years. And I said, well, that's funny. I keep records forever. And it made me think of something. I just want to throw this out for all of the readers in the audience to think about. It has nothing to do with our topic today. It's just an idea that you ought to think about. We do counseling, and we do have um, clients or sitters, we call them, who come back week after week or month after month or year after year. But also, we are not usually doing therapeutic counseling where we're going to have an, you know, unless we're doing root work for someone where we start and have an end in view and then it's over. We are often on call in the back of their mind. And to have these clients come back from years ago, the one that kind of alerted me to this and why I had this conversation with the the psychological counselor was this person had contacted me in 2008. They had just gone Mm. through a divorce. They were looking for new love. I did a number of readings for them and then never heard from again. And then they, now it's 2020, they're back. And I said, so what happened? Oh, everything worked out just as I predicted and helped them get, they got married, they've had a child, and oops, they got divorced. Wait a minute, but oops, they got divorced again. And now, after all these years, oh, that lady I called in 2008, I got to call her again and get another husband. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) That's so true. When, When things go well, you generally never hear back. Well, it was a real it was a real eye opener to me. And the thing is, by keeping records on the call, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm, I take notes and stuff. I can say, oh, well, what happened? Because I don't say like, oh, you're somebody that I never heard of before. I was like, oh, I remember you, and I did because I had the notes and I remembered very well that we'd we'd done six readings and you know we'd gotten this person a new love and hey, they never called me when they were happy. <laughs> But now they have a beautiful child. They've got a semi-okay relationship with their divorced ex, and now they're looking for new love. So, you know, call Miss Cat again. We'll do that again. So that's that's just a funny thing about um, – and I associate that uh, a lot with, you know, cycles and also with winter. Mm-hmm. Winter uh, coming into spring, people are like, oh, got to renew my life again. <laughs> so, that's so true. That's so true. I don't know. Just a Just a funny thought. That um, that other readers might appreciate. 
Well, <laughs> very we much so. have. <laughs> okay, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. I said very much appreciated because I, I was sitting there <laughs> going, oh, yeah, I, I know exactly that experience. <laughs> yeah, you've had that experience too. Well, today we got with us a fabulous, wonderful reader who has been with us off and on occasionally. We want to have her back lots more, Sister Girl. And um, I'm going to um, bring her on and say hello to her first, and then we're going to um, talk about the topic. So, hi, Sister Girl. Hi. Welcome. Great to be with you guys. Hi, thank you. It's been a while since you've been on the show. So Yeah, um, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Let's do a little catch-up on you. For those people who've just, this is their first show, never heard of you before, um, just, we're going to say a little bit about Sister Girl. You, you're you in Los Angeles, and yes. you um, are a member of AIR, and they can find you at AIR, and you also have your own um, uh, website. So tell us a little bit about you. Uh, well, I was actually born in the Bay Area. I grew up there. Um and went away for school, um, ended up settling in Los Angeles. But I was always interested in um, cards and astrology and um, magical stuff. I, I mean, I used to make little mud pies and think that they were protecting us magically, you know, things like that. And mm-hmm. uh, But I never really did anything with it um, until maybe 12, 13 years ago, I got really interested in uh, Afro-Cuban uh, spirituality, the, the you call them ATRs, the traditional religions. I got initiated and it began to be much more spiritually inclined. I started reading cards for myself, mm. and then um, and then after I met you all um, through some performance work, I you actually um, thought I'd be a good reader, and so I, I thought, okay, I'll try, and so that that's led me here, and and I actually. I uh, have seen myself develop and, and grow and uh, actually be able to do some bit of good, so I'm happy about that. Well, you do good, and you do have um, an interesting background because um, you're, you've studied African traditional um, religions, and you have, um, have been, um, a, a, you know, very much a performer of um you know you have background as an actress and that performance mm-hmm. that those two performances you gave at the or no you only give one I'm sorry at the festival yeah, when one. you did that um that you did that one performance um that was phenomenal and it really blew a lot of people's mind I I wish that um I wish that we could do more of those because that was really really good um now as a reader you bring a lot of that um knowledge and background of of um, older forms of hoodoo to your work. And this week's topic is, um, I guess you could call it um, the kitchen as a sacred space and kitchen Mm. utensils as sacred tools. Now, this is not the same as what um, the um, Appalachian Southern folklore tradition calls kitchen witchery or sometimes known as hedge witchery if you go outside the kitchen. This is a little different. Um, because we're looking at it more from an African American perspective than a um, Anglo Gaelic perspective, and um, I'm actually um, going to put through into the chat um, a list of things that I have um, 
considered to be the tools, and this is not a complete list, um, here are some of the tools of working in the kitchen as a um, as a hoodoo practitioner. I'm going to read them out loud for those who don't hear see the chat. Uh, knife, fork, spoon, toothpick, string, scissors, tongs, aluminum foil, glass jars, dish rag, broom, mop, matches, household candles, foods, salt, sugar, vinegar, and herbs. But this isn't just about like magical cookery like in um, Hoodoo Foods, that book we did. This is about the use of things you would find in your kitchen. And, of course, there are in the kitchen places to work upon. So I'm going to put through a list of those as well. And, again, this will be in the chat log, but I also want uh, to read it so that those who don't see the chat can find it. Um, Places to work might include the table, hidden in a drawer, in a sugar bowl, freezer, and the upper cupboard shelf. There are many other Mm -hmm. places um, you could work, for instance, also on the floor. Um, And I'm going to have to add that, on the floor. Because if you were sprinkling, for instance. Then we have the methods that are used for um, in the kitchen that are methods that come out of folk magic, but these are so... um, endemic to or or, uh, essential to the kitchen. And these methods um, include um, baking, um, boiling, uh, frying, stirring, sprinkling, um, freezing, and brining. And um, by brining, I mean putting something in vinegar, making a brine. Um, And so I'm going to put those through. Okay, um, and and Miss Michael, hi Miss Michael, and um, and Miss Michael says something very wise here. Remember, if you are on food stamps, many magical supplies are edible, even if your spell isn't a feeding spell. Boy, that was wise. That was wise. Mm-hmm. What she's saying there is um, uh, that you can purchase these things as foods, but you're not necessarily going to use them as feeding spells. Right. So um, that's Miss McHale is just one of the greatest. I love her. <laughs> Thank you for that. So um, now we're going to talk about some of these spells, and I'm just going to start mm-hmm. with. Um, I'm going to bring Sister Girl into this and Contramanali. We're going to start with the tools. Okay. Now, obviously, the knife is obvious, right? The scissors are obvious. Mm-hmm. Those are for cutting. Right. So if you were doing a spell, in most kitchens you have a couple of a little box of household candles. These should be six-inch white candles, just in case the electricity goes out. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can mm-hmm. uh, that immediately you can do moving candle spells. You can do um, any you know kind of wax melting. Um, you can do um, anything like that with the knife, the fork. But now when you talk about the knife and the fork, I'm just going to mention the fork. Let's say you're going to make a um, little gingerbread man. And those gingerbread men, some of them might be named for certain people. Now, that's a cooking mm-hmm. spell. It seems like you're baking. But you can also use the little knife to do things to that doll that you made that was a cookie doll. Mm-hmm. You cut the little hands off and, and stomp them to dust on the floor and sweep them out the door. Don't you be stealing from me anymore, my nephew so-and-so, 
who has a drug problem and steals from me. Right? Mm-hmm. There are many ways to make dolls in the kitchen with wax or, or, or cookies. Like I said, cookie dough is great. You can also use um, the spoon. The spoon is, is a feeding implement, and you can use it to stir. And Miss Michael has pointed out often, stir clockwise and say a prayer to bring good things in. Stir counterclockwise and curse to take bad things out. Now, that might be a food spell, but it doesn't have to be a food spell because it might be a spell that you're using like a honey jar. And if you stir that honey, you might not be eating it. You're just going to keep it in one of these sacred spaces, like the upper cupboard shelf. So I've kind of set the scene here, I think. Um, the idea is that oh, I'm going to give another one here, just to, as a because this is one of Contraband Ollie's favorites, frying. Why don't you go to the frying? Just talk about frying, okay? Oh, I I love it. Um, and you're you're the hoodoo psychic, and you really jumped out because I was actually thinking of of frying. I love the stovetop and using the heat there for all sorts of magical work, and in fact. A lot of times uh, in Virginian conjure, most of the people that practice it didn't actually have altars or dedicated mm-hmm. space. Everything that they did was almost always in the kitchen because that's where mm-hmm. their tools were. That's where they mm-hmm. did their work. And so the kitchen is a sacred space, and the stove in particular is such a fantastic multi-use uh, object that you can use. You can use it to cause people to fight uh, amongst one another. You, uh, I've talked about making pepper name packets where you write people's names down or take a photo of them, put in red peppers, twist it up into a little packet, place this on a pan, then turn the heat on. And you just kind of flip it around, singeing the paper, making sure that it never fully burns down. But you heat it up and you singe the paper and it'll make them fight like cats and dogs. It'll really heat things up. But you could also use it the other way around in which you want to warm someone towards you for love. Uh, One of my favorite uh, workings taught to me was uh, using tea. You make any type of tea that you like, preferably uh, black tea works ideally. Uh, You throw in a stick of cinnamon, and as you stir, and the key is that you make this tea actually in a pot. And as you stir, you take sugar cubes that you will name for each person you want to warm towards you. So if you've got your family over, you name it for each one of your family members. If it's a a partner, you name it. You go, this sugar cube is so-and-so. And you toss it right into the tea as you stir and it'll dissolve. And then you feed them the tea. They are sweetened towards you. But the process of the magic is the heating up. The warming mm-hmm. up of the tea with the cinnamon and the sugar works wonders there. So you can use mm-hmm. the stovetop to fry up for uh, getting people to be fired up uh, in a destructive way or warming mm-hmm. them up in a sort of loving, uh, constructive way. So, yeah, the heating <laughs> provides the magical energy. Now, exactly. um, but, um, do you have any favorites, Sister Girl, in this way of working? Well, well, now, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I I just thought about it, and I do most of my work in the kitchen. In fact, I set up my candle altar in my kitchen. And, oh, mm-hmm. can you not hear me? Or is it, am I not hearable? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. You're no, we, we can hear I do, I do most of my work in the kitchen. And uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the kitchen itself. If you really think about it, the kitchen has all four elements. It's got earth, 
it's got air, it's got it's got water, uh, mm-hmm. and it's got uh, fire. It also has extreme temperatures between the hot and the freezing cold. So it's actually ideal to do magic because, you know, if we think about the magician, he has all four elements at his disposal. And mm-hmm. it's easy to clean up afterwards. We're used to cleaning the kitchen. You know, it's, it's usually, there's usually smooth surfaces, clean surfaces. So um, uh, I, I know for, I mean, I, and if we think about the properties of these utensils, it's, if we, if we think about magic, the main thing you want to use the property of the of either the the food item, the herb, the the utensil for what you want to do. So you know, cut and clear. Usually it's scissors. We want to cut it out, uh, or a or a knife. We will cut. Sometimes I'll stab a knife into that candle uh, just to mm-hmm. emphasize the cutting. Um, it's we've got uh, vinegar. You've got astringents. You've got vinegar. You've got oil. You've got uh, abrasives in the kitchen. Um, and mm-hmm. all these things, like with a spoon, a spoon is, has a much different property than a fork. A fork is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's aggressive, you stab. And in fact, if you're initiated into the African religions, um, it will, the Afro-Cuban religion, you don't eat with a fork the first few months after um, initiation because of the properties mm-hmm. of the fork and mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of, you know, the nature of the initiation. So a spoon is much more gentle. It's much more guiding. It's much more, you know, it's, it's softer in a way. So um, I definitely do use spoons. I definitely use knives. I use scissors. Um, let's see. Um, I definitely obviously use fire. I have a gas stove, and I also use um, um, that. I actually use a pie plate um, to, to, to do, like, sometimes if I'm doing a hot foot, I'll put the candle that I'm using on a hot on, on a one pie plate and that's all I use it for because I don't want to eat a pie out of that plate. Um, and um and that's, I and that's I often brilliant. use yeah. And I often use um you know di- dish dishware or like uh you know dishes, plates to put my candles on if I'm doing a candle spell. Like a, or with, mm-hmm. with figural candles or um, a moving candle spell, or you know, I will use a, a plate that I have in the kitchen. So it, um, and I think as far as hoodoo is concerned, it'd be really practical because you don't eat. Most people have access to a kitchen. You don't necessarily um, need a, a designated, you know, rented space. And so if you, if you think about the what's available to people and the money that they have that's probably um, useful, too. It's, it's economical. Well, that that's, that brings up something, too. You said something very early on that I do want to emphasize, um, and that is that the earth, air, fire, and water that are in the kitchen do not exist in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. There is no running water in the bedroom. Um, they do not exist in the living room. There's no running water in the living room. So the kitchen has all four elements and is the only place that really has all four elements because the bathroom doesn't have fire, right? It has water. So, yeah, you've hit on something very, very important there. And also, I just have to give a little shout out to Shiva making me laugh. Stab, stab, stab. I'm a fork. I stab meat. It's an old ad by Stan Freeberg for for a type of coffee. And in the in the but is this really interesting because what you were saying with the difference between the fork and the spoon, it shows a um, a cup of coffee and there's a spoon gently you know stirring and being so happy and then this 
fork comes along and goes, I'm a fork. I stab meat. Stab, 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 stab. And then it sees the cup of coffee with its animation by Jay Ward, the guy who did Rocky and Bullwinkle, and sees the spoon and all of a sudden is consumed with both depression and jealousy because as a fork, he can never stir coffee. And Mm. he goes off dejected going, I'm a fork. I stab meat. Stab, stab, stab. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, this, you know, and the spoon is going, ha, ah, and I am stirring a lovely cup of whatever brand coffee. But that does show the difference between the fork and the spoon. And and uh, thank you, Shiva. That made me feel, that made me, gave me a good laugh from my childhood. Um, yes, and Shiva says the spoon is like a cup. It's, it's, it's female. It's a female. Mm, um, okay. Rocking and cradling. Um, and Shiva says, I've stirred coffee with a fork. And he says, "You got to do it quickly." Well, yeah, really. <laughs> All right. I've, I when I can't stir coffee with a fork, I turn it upside down and stir it with the handle of the fork. I just cannot put a fork into coffee. I can't do it. <laughs> All right. So, and so, uh, yeah. but getting back, getting back to some of this other stuff. Don't make me laugh too much. She brought the off topic here. The freezer, and I didn't mention the wax paper, and that's another one. Wax paper and freezer paper. So I'm going to add that into our list here. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and um, those can go in the freezer. And of course, that is something when you mentioned the extremity of temperature. No other room has the extremity of temperature from freezing mm-hmm. to boiling. Those are the extremes mm-hmm. right there. <clears throat> and um, so um, those. Those things are useful in all of the magic that we do. Also, among the other things that I'd like to mention are the broom. And we've talked about broom spells a number of times, but the idea of um, turning a broom upside down to get people to leave, salting and salting and peppering your broom to get people to leave the, the home, um, the idea of sprinkling uh, herbs on the floor, and one of the most popular is basil, and then sweeping mm-hmm. it out the oh, back yeah. door. If there was a fight in the kitchen, if two people argued in the kitchen, you sprinkle basil on the floor and you sweep it out the back door because evil cannot stay where basil has been. That's the statement. And um, and then you can get you know get the evil out that way. Um, the you can vacuum your kitchen. Of course, people sometimes do depending on what their floor is. But the broom. And the mop are symbols of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. They're symbols of female domesticity. Um, another thing that I use is the gas stove. I like to use the gas stove to heat up pins and needles yes. um, to stab into the candles. Stab, stab, stab. <clears throat> and um, you can. Um, br- it's easier to bring an anointing oil or dressing oil into the kitchen than to bring a gas flame into your living room. Right. So let's say I want to uh, stud a candle with pins for some ungodly cursing purpose. Right. I want to do that. Like let's say I have a a black penis candle and I want to just stab it full of pins because I'm mad at some guy who cheated. Right. Mm -hmm. And I want him to have impotence and I, I want him to have suffering of his penis. Excuse me. Sometimes women do get like that, guys. Sorry about that. And I would take destruction oil, and um, because it shows a tower struck by lightning, and that symbolizes the penis, and um, and then I would um, heat those pins 
in the fire of the gas flame, one at a time. And I would then um, stab them into the penis. I would always do that in the kitchen. You can't do it in the living room. You have to do it in the kitchen. Now, then you have to ask, why would I bother taking this thing, which I had I'd heated the pins in the flame, dipped them in the in the uh, destruction oil, and stabbed them into the candle while they were still hot, right? So I've stabbed every hole, again, heat them till they're red hot, dip them in that destruction oil, stab them in the candle. Now I've got a totally stabbed candle. Why would I pick it up on that pie plate, by the way, that sister girl mm-hmm. why would I pick it up and take it to the living room or the bedroom? No reason. I just do it in the kitchen. That's why the kitchen is a sacred space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Couldn't um, more. I, I was just going to mention about that, that? I'm, I, I'm in big favor of, of gas stoves of our electric personally for this very mm-hmm. reason because you can work with the fire of a gas stove versus an electric stove. Um, and mm-hmm. you can heat things up. You can burn things. Uh, you can burn uh, all sorts of things. Traditionally speaking, around <clears throat> New Year's time in particular, the burning of onion skins for luck for the New Year. Common mm. thing you can do with the gas stove. Old, old way of, of working with the kitchen uh, and a powerful kind of way of using that sacred space. But again, you need that sort of you need the fire from the gas stove that you do. You can't get with the electric. Um, another way I love working with the stove in that way is aromatics. So you could set mm-hmm. the, the entire spirit of the house based off of what you are cooking in the morning. If you mm-hmm. were putting vanilla and cinnamon and sugar and these things in the morning, that sets the tone for the entirety of uh, the day. The scent mm-hmm. that permeates the entire house is one of the reasons why, um, you know, the kitchen is, is kind of the cornerstone of, spiritually speaking, the cornerstone of the entire house. What happens in the mm-hmm. kitchen reverberates to, through the rest of the house. So use the kitchen intentionally that way. What, are the, what is the first thing you're warming up in the morning? That smell of coffee, right? The smell of vanilla, the smell of cinnamon. Those are great things in the morning. Less so if you're burning, you know, vinegar bright and early in the morning. Yeah. Well, the the idea of simmering spices um, oh, yeah. for the holidays uh, to set the tone of the kitchen, even if you're not baking, it gives that fresh baked smell. And everyone knows mm-hmm. what that fresh baked smell is. <clears throat> you know, it's, you can make it yourself. Um, it's just basically the brown spices that we all know so well, plus vanilla, maybe a little bit of um, sweet almond um, extract. That's it. That's the simmering spices. Um, there are other... Um, things that I like to do in the kitchen. I mentioned string. Um, Most kitchens, if they are well-equipped by people who are traditionalist people, you will have some sort of white string in the kitchen. This Mm -hmm. is used for um, lacing up uh, stuffed birds, for instance. It might be used for making a meat uh, dish where you might have the flat, you know, flank, and then you roll it up, you know what I'm talking about, and tie it. I mean, you know, if you don't know how to cook, you don't know what I'm talking about, why you would have string. Mm -hmm. But you would have string in the kitchen if you're a real cook. And that string can be, of course, used to tie up anything you want to tie up, including dolls or or anything like that. Um, And another thing that, um, you know, of course, when you stuff a bird, let's just say you're not going to be a vegan here for a moment. You're going to stuff a bird. And you're going to be putting in things into it, and you um, you're lacing that bird up. In a way, now you're using that bird as a 
well, I don't want to use the word doll, but it is a doll or a poppet, an effigy, may we say. And what you stuff in there and how you lace it up can be accompanied by prayer. I want to do a neat job of that with that string. Um, another thing that you can use that I like a lot are tongs. Kitchen mm. tongs. Um, they are uh, they're used sometimes for like getting canning jars out of hot water bath. Um, the kitchen tongs are essential tools if you burn um, eight-inch glass encased vigil lights. If you're trying to burn glass encased vigil lights without a pair of kitchen tongs, you're you're not with it. <laughs> and the only thing better is an obstetrical veterinarian's um, eight-inch. Um, uh, abdominal hemostat for cows, but you have to know what you're asking for when you get that. You know, kitchen tongues was what I was taught with. Nobody, had, you know, but I ran across a, a pair of of bovine obstetric abdominal hemostat, and I thought, you know, that's even cooler. But if you don't have that, uh, and you want the Kelly pattern, you want the Kelly, they're called Kelly forceps, but you don't want human Kelly forceps that are only five inches long. Anyway, never mind. You want kitchen tongs. You can get them anywhere. And kitchen tongues are used to um, snuff a candle that you can't reach down in. If you don't have a snuffer, they're used to straighten up a wick. They can be used um, to uh, pinch off knots on a candle that's way down inside, mm-hmm. you know, and there's knots inside. You want those kitchen tongs, just saying. <laughs> well, speaking of splinting a wick, I, I like to splint a wick with um, matchsticks, or even you can do it with toothpicks, but I usually use a matchstick and break it off. Um, mm-hmm. because sometimes the candles will go out for, for, you know, different reasons. And I don't like to just say, oh, it went out. That means your, your situation won't work. I like to try to, you know, force it. So I'll use a, um, a piece of wood. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. good. That's good. Toothpicks are great too. You, you can use and, and also, I know we're, yeah, we're not talking about food, but like there are things you can do like say with apples An apple you know, there's a, I think in Spanish there's a phrase, the apple of the problem. You know, apples are great for problem solving. Uh, you know, you can put a, uh, a bunch of cloves in an apple and throw it, um, I believe it's in the ocean, with a wish for, for um, you know, love and, and someone will come to you. I mean, there's just lots of things you can do with these food items as well, but I guess that's another topic. And a lot of my favorite baths that I make are really just with basic basic kitchen uh, spices, you know, parsley or even condiments like honey or um, cinnamon. You don't need to go for the more, um, you don't have to go for the more fancy ones if you don't have them on hand. Hmm. Yeah, I, I want to get on to, the, to another um, bit here, which is um, baking. So first of all, we can bake our little dolls. You can bake Sculpey, for instance. If you if you're making little Sculpey dolls, you bake them. That's what you have to do, right? So baking is always available in the kitchen. You can't do that in the living room, the bedroom, or the bathroom. But you can also bake, as I mentioned before, little um, cookies that are uh, either to be fed or used as dolls. You can bake little mud dolls. There are other things that are baked, and again, this is uh, going into old traditional hoodoo, and I'm not trying to offend anybody, but it's very common, for instance, to bake a snail to death, put a live snail Mm -hmm. on a baking sheet, bake it to death, 
Um, God knows nature gave us enough snails that we can afford to do this every once in a while. Um, and those, that snail represents female sexuality or the female genitals for obvious reasons. If you haven't figured out why, um, just ask some neighbor of yours or, or your mom or something. <laughs> um, so if you wanted to um, slow down a woman's sexuality, for instance, if she was cheating, um, a chronic cheater, you would find a snail. You would christen the snail for her. You might even write her name on the snail shell. Then you would bake the snail to death, grind it up, and you go, oh, ah, I didn't mention the coffee grinder. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> the coffee grinder, yay. Um, and um, and you would then use that, that um, killed snail powder, and you would sprinkle it physically on her genitals while she was sleeping in the bed. In other words, you, you you could feed it to her, but it's not really to feed. It's really just because it's, you know, it's not going to taste bad. It's just snail powder. But you really want to sprinkle it on her, and that is to slow her down so she can't run around. It's the equivalent of um, tying a man's nature. You're tying her nature, but you bake mm -hmm. that snail to death. Okay? That's really you know, interesting the, uh, because – go ahead. I was just going to say oh. an authentic comment of, uh, of a pulley stock kitchen – has everything you need for almost any type of magical work that you need to do. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm gonna. Uh, we're gonna go on here. We usually take two clients, um, but you know this topic is big, big, big. So we're gonna take one client, and we're not even. I mean, like this. Rather than like, let's continue this more and more and more episodes. We're just gonna keep going. We're gonna get to one client. Okay. Um, but but we haven't even begun to get through this thing yet, and and I and I want to get into a little bit more. Okay. Um, so we haven't talked about brining yet in vinegar. Everybody knows oh. what a vinegar jar spell is. They've all heard of it. I'm going to sour people, blah, blah, blah. We're going to put in some Tabasco sauce into the vinegar and all these things, right? Um, but where do you get that? You get that in your kitchen. And brining uh, is used for preservation as well as to sour people. In the days before um, electric refrigeration, people had ice delivered. And before there were reliable systems of ice delivery, which really kind of arose after the Civil War, prior to the Civil mm -hmm. War, you could get ice if you lived in the Northeast or something. But the delivery of ice to um, more southerly climates was really made possible by trains. And, um, you know, no one's going to take a horse and a wagon and drive ice from Chicago to Georgia. You know, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> so, um, the delivery of ice and the and the manufacturing of ice was then first in electrically cooled ice houses that were, and then the little electrical refrigerators came into homes and so forth. But even mm -hmm. in the 1920s, most poor people had the ice delivered and they put it in an ice box. The other method of preservation, dehydration and brining. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about brining as a method of preservation. The earliest court case tongue spells that I know were done in brine, not by freezing. Now we all know about it as freezing. But if you read some of the older <clears throat> interviews with practitioners, such as Harry Hyatt uh, conducted, some of the older people will say you put the tongue that you're going to be using. This is a court case spell in which you slit the tongue, you put in the names of the witnesses and so forth, and you stitch it back or pin it back together, and you put it in a bucket. This would be a you know, a bucket that you're going to use for brining, and you put in the vinegar to brine it, and and you leave 
just a little bit of that tongue up enough that you can put a candle on it. And you put the candle on the tongue that's in the brine. Why are you doing that? Because court case spells are usually conducted for at least nine days. So what you're doing is making pickled tongue pickled tongue. And so it's not to, quote, sour them, but it's to pickle them in the same way that you would use alum in a pickle to pickle them. It's to shut them up. And yet it preserves the tongue and it can be used and then you can eat the pickled tongue. And pickled tongue is quite a delicacy. If you eat meat, it's very good. And so then you can eat that tongue that you have pickled. And that means you're eating the words of the witnesses. So brining, as opposed to putting in a vinegar jar and shaking it up and adding a lot of hot stuff and making it harsh for them, brining is also a way of preserving a work while you are in the business of doing the spell over multiple days. How long does mm. it take to, to, to have it be edible? Oh, you could eat raw tongue and it could hurt you. I um, mean, raw no, meat is you, fine, but we're gonna but you would want to brine it for nine days. That's a good number of days to brine it. Yeah, it's great. I mean, um, yeah. you can also uh, um, lengthen the brining process by keeping it in a cool place. Like, um, mm-hmm. I, and another thing, I didn't even mention lactic acid fermentation, like making sauerkraut. Um, lactic acid fermentation is a whole other way to um, preserve things while souring them. And these are used for long-term spell work. They're very old-fashioned. You would not find mm-hmm. many people now who would be brining lamb's tongues, but I've, you know, I've done it. Why not? <laughs> the, you mentioned uh, freezer boxes, and a lot of people don't have freezer boxes anymore. But what they do have, particularly in the south and in the southwest, um, if you're in the suburbs, you generally have another freezer in the garage. This mm-hmm. is generally where you put the meats, or some people call it their uh, uh, drink freezer, where they put their beers and their sodas. Uh, and it's just mm-hmm. like a, a sort of other, another refrigerator or another freezer that's kept in the garage. And that's another another kind of area that people can do work in. I generally do, for example, I have an extra freezer. That's where I put all my freezer spells. I don't actually put my freezer spells in the freezer that I have in my kitchen. I put it in the freezer that I have in the garage. Um, and that's where all of the, the kind of freezer work that I do goes there. But this brings up the point of positionality or like what positions you work with in the kitchen. That also is an important way of working. Whether you place something on a countertop or you put it on a stove or on top of your freezer or at the back of your cupboard, all that plays a role. For example, uh, in Virginian conjure, all, all sugar spells are generally sugar spells that you consume, and they're kept right on the countertop. The name paper is wrapped around uh, tightly around vanilla bean stock that is then put at the bottom of the jar, and then it's filled with sugar. And you just kind of quickly stir it in the morning, then put it in your coffees and your teas, etc. That's placed on the countertop for everyone to see and use. Um, whereas other types of working, for example, getting rid of someone, it's placed upside down like a vinegar jar placed upside down in the back of the cupboard or underneath the sink. So where you actually put your work also matters. That's it. You brought up something really good with the garage. And I'm going to say something else because in the, we also know about the outhouse and the woodshed Mm -hmm. from older rural work. Those do not exist in most modern houses. Although if you live in the country, you might have a woodshed. You probably won't have Mm -hmm. an outhouse, but that's another 
topic, but the garage freezer and the garage refrigerator, absolutely. Now, Papa G brought up something, which was kimchi, and that brings up mm. fermentation, which I had not listed, as, and, and he's absolutely right. Thank you, Papa G. Fermentation is another way to do a spell. So fermentation um, can be to literally put something out and expect it to make an alcohol. Um, and it can fermentation can be done um, in many, many ways. You can bury them in um, a, a ferment box like, um, like Japanese fermented pickles and stuff like that. But fermentation can also be made by taking um, a little sugar into water, but not enough sugar to be a preservative, just enough sugar to grow yeast. Right, so fermentation is another process that is used in spell work, where you want to get liveliness, bubbles, whatever. Um, and you can take um, oh, a little wax doll, for instance, and um, you want this. Just as an example, I'm going to give you two spells: a love one and a hate one. I always can work work it either way. You make a little wax doll, and you're going to make a a sparkly fermentation that's going to be nice for the wax doll. You can take champagne or whatever and pour the little wa- put the wax doll in and the wax doll will float and little bubbles and all like that. That's very nice. If you want an alcoholic to relapse and become an alcoholic again where they have been sober, God forbid you should do this to somebody, you would hate them that much, you can take their little doll and put in some, you know, sugar, water, yeast, and you can drown them in in fermentation of alcohol. And um, you can let it go flat, and you can then um, take that alcohol and um, heat it so that the, you know, just the flavors left and use it in, a, like, making a, you know, a, a sauce, right? The alcohol whoop, evaporates off, but now that you're serving them something that has alcohol in it. Or you can just keep that little doll in that ferment until it finally goes flat and rots. And that's another interesting way to use fermentation. Hmm, I, I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, well, I use a similar one, uh, although this is not a kitchen spell, but I'm going to just throw it in here. This is a spell um, to make a, a a drug addict who's an opioid addict um, return to opium. Look for it in Bottle Up and Go, my upcoming book with my co-author, Lara Rivera. It's, um, I'll give you a hint. It uses NyQuil, but it moves on from there. It's, it, you know, oh, interesting. There are way, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's not a kitchen spell. Um, although it does I'm use on... romaine lettuce leaves. Okay, well, anyway, it's kind of a kitchen spell. Could, we, could you gonna, use something like that to be... help? Oh, who goes uh-huh. first? Sister girl, you go first. No. Uh, well, could you could you do the reverse? Could you get someone to stop the drugs with something like this? Well, you could, and that would be a, if you wanted someone to stop drinking, you would start with alcohol, and then I would assume you would want to boil or burn the alcohol off. But again, that might be a feeding spell. Most spells about about alcohol, unless they are doll spells or feeding spells, there's kind of you know two ways. You're not going to put it on their shoes. You're not going to sprinkle it on their head. Um, it's it's either going to be feeding them or or representing them in a doll. But fermentation is fantastic, and it is a form of pickling. But it's not pickling in the. It's more of a lactic acid microbial fermentation. There are other forms of um, of rotting that are interesting too. Mm. And now we could move from the kitchen to the patio and those baited yellow jacket wasp <laughs> traps with the <laughs> rotten meat. But, you know, just saying, that's out the back door. Okay, that's not in the kitchen. 
I, I was going to say that one of the uh, another process or another kind of tool that we could consider here is uh, the slow cooker or the double boiler. Right, both of those are really useful tools, both in the kitchen mm-hmm. for cooking, but also can be used in a variety of different magical works. I love the double boiler. If I ever when I make uh, honey jars, I heat them up with the double boiler. It works really, really, really well to kind of get things going or speed things along. If you want to add a little bit of heat to something, that's the way to do it. If you want to warm up some honey, excellent right there. Yeah, that's really, really good. I also added fly paper because in mm. the old days, and I'm not, when I'm only speaking here of the 1980s in my life, um, when I lived in the Midwest, there were a lot more flies than we have in California. Can't explain why. I think it's our, our onshore breezes and offshore breezes. We, the Midwest, man, the flies just pile up in the Midwest. And um, so, fly paper, good thing to have. And fly paper is fantastic for sticking little things on too. And it's really gross. And um, once you have a fly paper, like uh, you want Aroxon brand fly paper, Ooh, Papa Newt verifies they sure can. Um, it's because it's in the center of the co- country with less wind, I think. Um, it's it's A E R O X O N something like that. It's made in West Germany. You get the fly paper, you pull it out, the flies stick to it. Now you've got something really gross. You've got dead and dying flies all over this thing, man. Ugh. And then you can put the person, the little wax dolly of the person that you made out of cheese wax, and you just fucking wow. roll them up in that Aroxon, and you can put it back in the tube that it comes in. If any of you know what I'm talking about, now you have this doll in the middle of this tube of dead and dying flies. Ooh, Shit, man. That's, okay. That's just so saying. Good. It reminds me of cheese wax. You can melt cheese wax and use that for all sorts of things. You know those little baby bell cheeses that come mm-hmm. with a wonderful red wax? It's easily you can melt that, remake that into a doll, roll that up with herbs and spices to make uh, a small little uh, jack ball. Uh, you can use uh, melted those type of melted waxes uh, very easily. And they, most kitchens have those baby bell cheeses. Yeah. And and I just got to put a good word in for Aroxon flypaper. It is non-toxic. And it is non-poisonous, and y'all should use it if you can, if you need it. It's really much better than using pesticides. Just, just a little bit about our world that we live in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, now what about al- aluminum foil? Oh, do we? Are we out of time? Oh no, let's keep going. Oh. Um, what about aluminum, aluminum foil? foil? You, you go like ahead. Well, I, I don't really know, but it seems like that has reflective properties, and it also has insulating properties. So um, it could be – that seems like something you could use in, uh, like, maybe a box spell or, like, to kind of spin up to keep it where it is. Or I don't I – just, I just thought about that. Uh, I use – um, and I was taught to use it this way by, by my teachers. I use aluminum foil for l- almost literally everything. We, mm. we laid it out, even if we were, uh, you know, not doing reflective work, on any type of plate, we would actually first put out aluminum foil before we put our candles, before we put our herbs, before we did anything. It just made it for easier cleanup. You could fold it up really easily, contain it all there. Uh, and people, the way it was described to me was that it amplified the work that you did. 
I'm not sure if it does. It doesn't personally in my experience, but it does make ease of use for me. So I use uh, aluminum foil on everything. So I lay out aluminum foil on top of my plates, cookie sheets, etc., and then I put out my candles, my herbs, etc., all on top of there. Easy cleanup. Uh, it also helps me to kind of partition off what work is for what. So like one sheet of aluminum foil, this is for the love work I'm doing. This sheet of aluminum foil, this is for the money work that I'm doing. That's actually how I organize all my work is aluminum foil. Yeah, aluminum foil is absolutely uh, one of modern magic's essentials. It's it's fairly modern. Um, mm-hmm. I have to always credit um, Papa Jim Sycophus uh, of San Antonio, Texas, for pioneering aluminum foil magic. That guy <laughs> knew more ways to use aluminum foil than most people. And another way is to use it in lieu of lead tablets for cursing tablets and, and petition mm-hmm. papers. You can write on it. Fantastic stuff. Papa G just chimed in from the chat room. What about pressure cookers? Oh, my God, Papa Mm. G, the pressure cooker. Now, the pressure cooker is a very old-fashioned tool, and it's usually used for canning meats or things that cannot be canned at regular boiling temperatures or in order to cook very slowly. But earlier in the chat, Nagashiva had mentioned crockpots. So we're going to go from Mm -hmm. crockpots to pressure cookers. Crockpots cook at a very, very low simmer for hours. This is if you want to keep something going while you've gone to work and you want to keep this person on the heat. You can't use a double boiler. It'll boil off. You can't use a frying pan. It'll set your house on fire, whatever, when the grease splatters. The crock pot will keep something going for a long, long time. You've gone off to work. You come back from work. You add a little bit. You just keep it going. The pressure cooker has a steam gauge on it. I'm talking one of these old-fashioned cast aluminum pressure cookers. You want the real thing, man. And um, you can put a tremendous amount of heat on somebody and put them mm-hmm. literally under pressure. They've got to answer. They've got to do it. The they will. It eventually. It'll. Oh my God! When you see those pressure cookers blow, just tell me about it someday. I my mother <clears throat> once put. Uh, was pressure cooking um, spinach. She was canning spinach, and she had it in the pressure cooker, and one of the jars, uh, the glass jars, cracked. Uh, sometimes happens. She stepped away for a moment. The, the the little lead bit that melts out in the top blew, and the whole ceiling of the kitchen was green with spinach. Oh, my God. What a fantastic Vesuvius of spinach. <laughs> There's a old. I was just thinking the old spell for putting pressure on someone, either to to reveal the truth or to catch uh, a thief, is to put them in a pot with water and salt. Salt or salt mm-hmm. does what you tell it to do, and it also pressure. But imagine if you kind of altered that to do it in a pressure cooker. If you really want to catch a thief, if you really want to expose someone, and you toss them into a pressure cooker. What a like added pressure to that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a serious serious. Um, yeah. Nagashiva said in the chat room, "Yes, pay me now, Vesuvius exactly. spinach. Pay me now." <laughs> oh, Shiva has good. Shiva has added the cheese grater. Oh my God, Shiva, you're a genius. Okay, so you cut your little doll baby up right out of a block mm-hmm. of frickin' cheese, right? Your cheese doll, and now you start grating on your cheese dolly. Yeah, right. 
I'm going to skin you until you give in, right? Painful work, says Papaji, painful. <laughs> also, mm-hmm. you can you could um, grate up bread that way. Also, there's, Shiva says, the garlic press. Oh, my God, you put them in the garlic press. Again, carve a garlic into a little doll, baptize it, name it. There they go. And another one is the on the ricer, an old tool. Not many people have a ricer. Go to eBay. You can buy an antique ricer. Um, and the ricer is a kind of a can shape with little holes in it, and then this levered um, follower that comes down, and it's used for um, making little bits. You know, you can rice for making um, pasta that's riced pasta. I don't know. I mean, it's like little orzo. You know, the ricer is very, very, very nice. Um, now, Nagashiva, we're getting into it, man. Nagashiva has said the peeler, the apple or cherry peeler. Oh my God, the the um, the cherry pitter. This is the thing that comes down with the two stabbers and puffs the 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 pit out of the cherry. Oh yes, the pit out of the cherry is interesting because then you can make a fabulous food, which is the cherry stuffed with little pellets of cream cheese, which is Mm. the cherry, the pitted cherry is now the receptive womb, and the little white pellet of cream cheese is that little delivery of semen. Isn't that nice? And then you put them on a tray and you feed them to people and they get pregnant. (laughs) I'm a big fan of the old-fashioned wooden mallet. I love that. The wooden mallet, oh my God. Smash all sorts of things, get your anger out. It's therapeutic. Smash a doll baby, I'm telling you. The wooden mallet. And now if you live on the West Coast, there's the the abalone tenderizer, which is a special. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the abalone tenderizer is this metal device with these little pyramidal points on it. Um Wow. You can certainly bang the hell. Okay, you make a piece of steak and you cut the steak in the form of the person or you just get, you know, a a piece of tongue or whatever and mallet the fucking hell out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a whole book. <laughs> Papa Newt says it could be a whole book. <laughs> okay. Wow. I think we yeah, have... The, magic, we the have... magical kitchen through and through. I'm, I'm loving this book idea. <laughs> yeah, well, the, well, basically what we see is that the, the properties of each of these items can transfer into your magical work, whatever you want. That's right. That's it. If it's for love, if it's for hate, the kitchen has it. Woof. Okay. Thank you, Sister Girl. This was a, a fantastic topic. We all piled in. Thanks, everyone in the chat room, for piling in on that. Uh, Papa G, Papa Newt, Miss Michael, you guys, you and Nagashiva, y'all rule. This was great. Um, it probably should be a book. Um all right, mm-hmm. we're going to take some clients, and so that means we got to go to Papa Newt now for our uh, login with our client. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. 
and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our caller for the evening. And our caller is a return caller calling in from area code 916 in Yuba City. This is Trinity. Trinity, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, welcome back to the show. Now, I do see mm-hmm. that you uh, called in actually on February of 18th of 2018, which, mm-hmm. site note for synchronicity of topics, was the household magic spells with Miss Michael. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> now, I do see that conditions of that has changed. You're calling us on a different topic. Is that correct? Yeah, well, a little or, bit. Um, with everything that has happened, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, with everything that has happened now, it's I'm at a standstill, like sure. still needed, basically. Okay. So that's what well, I'm we'll get, we'll get your topic here to them and see what we can do for you. Mm-hmm. And Trinity writes, after losing my oldest to murder, I am at loss. Uh, at a loss, I'm having trouble trying to figure out what to do next with my life, like a career or start my business, or am I supposed to wait? Turn back to you, Miss Kat. All right, Trinity, I do remember you. I want to refresh um, our memories because not everybody who's on the show, of course, was on that other show, and um, and not all the, the listeners would know. Um, when you say you lost your oldest, when did that happen? That happened in 2017. Um, I had yes. called in initially after she had gone missing, and yeah. um, I didn't know where she was at, and we uh, looked for her, and I actually had burned the St. Anthony's uh, candle that day as well, and it finally burnt out, and they found her um, in the river. Um, uh-huh. I remember that. Mm. I'm so yes. sad. I and do remember that very well. That was a hard, a hard situation. Um, yeah. You know, you you get on a radio show and you think you're going to read about somebody's love life, but some of the questions are hard questions and the answers are sad. Um, well, um, and it's so it's it's been a, a bit of time, mm-hmm. but not enough time yeah. yet uh, for you yeah. to really feel like you can go on. Um, and you said uh, she was your oldest. How many other children do you have? I have a youngest that's 10 years younger, actually, than her. <laughs> I see. Okay. So that's good. You're not you're not left um alone but um yeah. now there's a there's you know there's a lot of sadness a lot of grief to process so you also asked the question <clears throat> trouble trying to figure out what to do next um career start a business or wait so let me ask what has been your career prior to the murder um i've always do i've always been um an accountant um working as different industries but i okay, feel accountant. like there was a knack of something else like real estate that i wanted to well, start okay, okay, okay. Well, i just i just asked one question what was oh, your career sorry. <laughs> okay i'm trying to get i'm trying to get into the okay. answers here um so okay. your career was an accountant and if you wanted mm-hmm. to start a business what business would that be a broker business a um, for real estate, yeah. Brokering real estate, okay. Yeah. What is your sign of the zodiac? Cancer. Cancer, okay. Now I'm going to do some reading for you, okay? Okay. Um, you. So it's, I'm going to do three cards, but the question is really three questions, which is 
career as an accountant, start a business as a real estate broker, or wait. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put up three cards. Card number one is a card definitely of waiting. It's called the Six of Swords. And this shows a woman with a child in a flat-bottomed ferry boat being, or very small boat, being rowed across a river by a man who's poling them, actually, across a very shallow river. There's turbulence in the water where he's rowing, and then there's smoothness on the other side. And there are six swords in the boat. And this says you're still in a state of grief. This is a card of, uh, and presumably the, uh, the child with you is the child that is now still with you. This means you're still in the process of being rowed across the river. It's always a sad card. It can mean um, sorrow, but it also shows that when you get to the other side of the river and um, and leave the boat for your new life, the swords of sadness stay behind in the boat, and the ferryman goes back and gets somebody else and rows them across the river. So it's a, it's a card of necessary adjustment to a tragedy, but it also talks about the time. And since this is the first card, I'm going to say that this emphasizes weight more than it emphasizes being an accountant or being a real estate mm-hmm. broker. Okay. Let yourself Let yourself go through this process of readjustment a little longer. The next card, card number two, is um, a card that is also a card of of readjustment. It's called the judgment, and it shows the archangel Gabriel blowing a trumpet, and people come up to life out of the grave. Now, I don't think this means that your child will come back to life, but I think it means that you will come back to life. And it's really about when you begin to feel those stirrings of optimism and happiness that you once had, and you begin to feel like that Gabriel blows a trumpet and you can respond and you can say, yes, I'm ready to feel good about life, praise God. Of course, the grief will never go away. That's not to say the grief will go away. But it says you're now, if we read these cards as past, present, and future, it says past, a lot of sorrow. Second card, the present, you're beginning to wake up. That's why you asked the question, right? Mm -hmm. But again, Mm -hmm. this is about a personal journey. This is about an internal uh, negotiation um, that's of the spirit. This is not a card about being an accountant. It's not a card about Mm -hmm. being real estate. It's still a card of waiting. And Mm -hmm. I really feel that, um, in a way, by asking three questions in one, the answer I'm getting is wait again. And the third Mm -hmm. card is the three of wands. And this is um, a person who's standing on a hill and he's the magician. He's the same card as the the same person as the guy who's in the card of the magician. But his back is turned to us. His clothes are torn. He has patched them. He has suffered losses, obviously. He's uh, it's sunset. He's looking out over the water, and three little boats are approaching. We know he sent his boats out, you know, in hope of having a reward and treasure coming from afar. But he's waited a long time, and he's um, holding on to one wand, and there are two others near him. I'm going to take this to mean that that truly that 
uh, what is the um, I, I I don't want to upset you, but what is the third <laughs> anniversary of her death? It would be May seventh this year. May seventh or so. Okay, so this tells me that you should the question was perhaps asked prematurely. Okay. But after three years of delay, there there it's interesting because the person holds one staff and there's another next to him. That would be the daughter that you have. The other staff is to the left, to the past. But that is her spirit. But I would say ask again later after the third anniversary. Don't rush yourself yet. Okay. It almost says to me, and again, as a reader, this is disconcerting to me because, of course, I want to be the, you know, the gal on the spot with the quickest answer right now. <laughs> but, what I'm, but what I'm saying here is that you're still on that journey. And now it's January. That's four months to May. But it says, yeah. ask again later, and you might it might be a better time to receive an answer. I I know that is not probably what you want what you wanted to hear, but that's my answer. So let's move on to Sister Girl, and she will give a reading. Okay. 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 Hi. Okay. So my actually my first card out was the Three of Wands, but what the Three of Wands is telling me is that. You're, you're, you're wanting change, you're wanting active action, but it's not here yet. So that's, that's in keeping with what Ms. Kat says. But I am in favor of you starting a business after a little while, maybe three months' time, which would kind of be in line with them. If it's January, February, March, April, April, May, around that time, uh, because you okay. do still need to ground, your, ground yourself a little bit. The Five of Cups comes up showing me that you are still grieving, uh, which is natural. Um, but I also get the world card, which is telling me um, that there it is a new chapter, a new happier chapter is going to start, it's, and it's you are going to be able to move on to a happier, um, happier moment. Uh, and the reason I thought that a business would be a good idea is because I got the Ace of Coins, which is saying that it'll flourish better than you even think it will. Um, no. Um, because because you have sort of been hiding out. There's the hermit here. There's the nine of swords. There's a lot of anxiety. The yeah. ten of wands, which is really feeling overburdened and uh, and and just uh, you know down. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what would be important is to well, right now plant the seeds. There's a lot you can do on the internet. There's a lot you can do to just kind of organize in your mind what you'd like to do, but be easy on yourself, you know, um, and just take things one at a time um, and just trust that things will work out because they can work out uh, and you can build the partnerships you need. Um, and I, I do think you can have, you can, you can come back to yourself and to starting this business, but, but definitely take the time to ground yourself and to process your grief. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm going to ask um, Sister Girl, you had mentioned the Ten of Wands, the World, and you said some other one. What was that other card? Oh, the the World, the Ace of Coins, which is, uh, or Ace of Pentacles. The Ace of Coins. Oh, okay. Yes, Ace of Coins would definitely say a business. Okay, great. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I try to keep track of these in the, uh, in the, um, 
chat log so people can follow along. Yeah, that is definitely business. So, so she has come up with an answer for you um, mm-hmm. more than I have, but both of us say wait. Wait. Okay. Okay. Now um, let's go to um, Conjurman Ali, um, mm-hmm. and um, he's going to give us some um, root work. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. And and thanks for for trusting us with your call. Uh, I know this is a particularly difficult difficult one, and I do remember your call. It was a, a couple of years back, but I do remember it. Yeah. Um, it made quite an impression on me. So I'm, you know, my condolences and my heart goes out with you. So I'm going to give you, you some root work that'll help to kind of this period of transition. As Kat says, check back with us in a few months. Uh, or ask again in a few months about the more business-oriented or the work-oriented type of stuff, uh, and we can give you a consultation on that. What I want to give you is work that will help you through this process. Uh, I do okay. think that you're going to need to do some type of memorial healing process uh, that will help you. To get you to that point, what I want you to do is actually create a mojo bag that is uh, going to be a helper mojo bag, and I call this uh, mojo bag a guidance mojo bag or a helper mojo bag kind of not directed towards any one thing, like attracting love or attracting whatnot. It's about empowering a person, giving them insight, giving them healing, and helping them to kind of move forward. It is a spiritual ally, particularly given uh, the cards that Ms. Cap pulled. Uh, I also got the temperance card, which is another angel there. So I'm going to work with that uh, angel theme here. And what I want you to do is get Angelica Root, Althea, Sage, Bay Leaves, and Solomon Seal, uh, King Solomon Seal's wisdom. These uh, Solomon Seal chips, these are fantastic for what we're looking for. You're going to put them all into a mojo bag along with a small piece of paper upon which you've written the verse from Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. You're going to write that out on a piece of paper. You're going to write your name on the back of it, fold it, and put it in with the herbs into the mojo bag. You're going to breathe into the mojo bag, breathing life into it, tie it, and knot it three times. This is your ally. Once a week, you're going to feed it van van oil which is really good for empowerment, which is fantastic for kind of right. kind of situations where you're a little bit in this intermediary place, this liminal state. It helps to move things along in the right direction. You could add uh, King Solomon's wisdom oil to it uh, as well if you'd like, uh, but Van Van is really good. And you're going to keep this mojo bag on you uh, as much as you can. In fact, for the first two weeks, my recommendation would be to, when you sleep, place it under your pillow. Uh, after that, you can put it in there when you want to, but it is not required. But for the first two weeks, try to have it as much on your physical body as you can, even sleeping on top of it. Place it in your pillowcase, sleep on it, uh, and then keep it on you. Once a week, pull it out, feed it. Every day, though, you should be touching it, holding it, working it, praying over it, listening to see if it has any guidance. It will be the ally. And in particular, I sense that it will bring an ally into your life. That it will bring someone who is going to be instrumental in this situation. On the actual anniversary of when you found out or the anniversary of this, of this situation, I do think mm-hmm. some form of memorial or healing work is necessary. We often do this in Virginian Congress for people who have had a, a, a difficult death or, or, or a traumatic death. 
we work a sort of uh, healing process because funerary rites are about healing both the spirit but also the living, uh, and that's often needed. And so I do sense some type of work here is going to be useful. Um, this might be a some type of work where you uh, speak with your ancestors or the divine, ask to receive peace and blessing. What I would probably do is go to a river, since rivers have become associated with something uh, quite negative. Um, I would actually go to a river, uh, if you can, and pour out holy oil into the river as you pray, that the God spreads, spread, uh, spreads out his peace and blessings on troubled waters and brings peace into your life. Light a small white candle for your child, praying that they are at peace, uh, and that the ancestors welcome them into uh, their arms. This is a really great way of kind of helping to transition everyone, both the spirit and yourself, uh, and helping you to kind of move on. So that would be my recommendation. And one part, empowerment for you. One part, a commemoration rite uh, that involves uh, lighting a candle to the ancestors, pouring out holy water, uh, holy oil into the river. Not a lot. I'm not asking you to dump out, but at least a little symbolic amount into the river uh, as you pray to spread out the blessings of God over troubled waters. Uh, and then from there, I would check back in with a root worker who or a reader who can then kind of give you your next steps. Okay, here's where we go from here. That will be, that's the ask again portion of what Miss Kat said. That's my root work recommendation. I think we have a, a minute left, so let's see if Kat uh, or Sister Girl have anything to add. I'm going to just mention something very quickly. Um, the lighting of the candle can be similar to lighting what's called a Yarzite candle in, mm-hmm. um, in Jewish folk religion. This is not part of Judaism, it's part of Jewish yeah. folk religion or for Jewish folk magic. Yarsite means the year time or the anniversary. And it's always the okay. anniversary of the death. And um, a Yarsite candle is a candle that is lit um, at uh, sunset and burns for a day. It's a 24 hour candle. Mm-hmm. It's not a big seven day candle. It's a Yarsite candle. You can buy them at your supermarket. If, you have, if, you, if any Jews live near where you live and there's yeah. an ethnic yeah. food mm-hmm. section, go to the ethnic mm-hmm. food section and they will be Yarsite candles. Or you can buy them online. Um, they're sometimes called memorial candles. It's very common to burn the Yarsite candle in the home. It's just as common to go to the cemetery and burn the mm-hmm. Yarsite candle on the grave, and um, if the grave will, uh, uh, grave keepers will allow such a thing to happen. And the Yarsite mm-hmm. candle is set to burn and to um, burn for 24 hours to bring memorialization to the death. That's just something, again, it's just um, what I would do. Um, but that's, uh, you don't have to, you, you don't have to be Jewish to use a Yarsite candle. <laughs> that's just that they were made for that purpose. Um, and I love the idea of putting pouring oil on the troubled waters. I think that's beautiful. All right, um, we got um, to move on. I'm I'm really glad you called us, Trinity. Sorry, our answer were kind of delayed. We're going to wait till that third anniversary before, and you can ask again. And if you do, we will then um, we won't have the question. Shall I wait before us? It's going to be career or business, and we're going to move forward from there. All right, we're going to turn this over to Papa Newt with our uh, schedule network announcement. And then a free spell.
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Sister Girl of SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles, California. Take it away, Sister Girl. Okay, so for this free spell, um, it's going to be using uh, different herbs and and food items in the kitchen. Uh, So the first thing you're going to need is fenugreek seeds. You can get those at the grocery store. Put them in a little tin uh, and put them as either the centerpiece on your living room table or somewhere in the kitchen, like on the counter. That's to uh, keep abundance in your home. Uh, And if you want to add to that to keep your money from leaving, uh, you would take a handful of rice, a cupful, uh, like a handful of sugar, and a little bit of cinnamon with a few pennies in, in the bottom of a bowl, and you just mix all the rice, the sugar, the cinnamon, and the coins together in a bowl and leave that out in the open area of your home as well so that your money doesn't leave the home. So you, your money stays with you and you're abundant. And that's pretty simple. Wow. Okay. That's that's very clear, very simple. Um, rice, cinnamon, and sugar. Now, you're mm. not talking about a food spell here. You're talking about just an offering that's there, right? It, yeah, now, it's, it's, it's with some pennies in the bottom, yeah. With pennies mm-hmm. in the bottom, mm-hmm. right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one thing very important from the Chinese point of view because there's a, there's a curse, a Chinese curse that uses rice and pennies. Don't put four pennies in. That's a Chinese curse that your money will be dead. <laughs> so mm. you want to put in a different number because Chinese people will go, oh, no, not four, not four pennies. Um, but they would use cooked rice and then um, four pennies on top as if it were like four pieces of meat, pour oil over it. That's to curse them. <laughs> and you don't eat that either. You put that at their you know, at their back door or something like that at their restaurant. But um, but if you're going to use rice, this would be uncooked rice, right? You're just a Correct. handful of uncooked mm. rice. Un- Sugar. Uncooked rice, cinnamon. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. So um, now I'm going to say something about rice as, a, as a, a, I guess, a base stratum. I have found that a lot of things that people use uh, sand for, you can use rice for. And one thing you could do, should you wish... Um, sugar and rice together with the cinnamon can be actually used as a little mound or hill in which you stick a candle, a little a four-inch candle or a birthday candle, um, and burn it um, for when you have present need. In other words, if you need to, like right today I need some money, light a little candle, and do it in that little hill of rice and sugar and cinnamon in a metal bowl, of course. Um, um, and that is a good way to use the rice as well as just keeping it as an offering. The fenugreek seed, a lot of people don't know what that is. It is used in cookery. You can find it at, at many Middle Eastern stores. You can find it online. It is, um, it's, it's good in cooking. It's a, it's a spice. It's a flavor and is always used in, 
indicate increase in money. Do you have anything to add to this one, Countryman Ali? I was just going to add that the inclusion of cinnamon here is fantastic. Cinnamon and sugar is a really good mix. We often think of cinnamon and sugar in terms of like, oh, sugar is a love spell or sugar is for love. But sugar and cinnamon works really, really well for money. Floor washes that have cinnamon and sugar added to them uh, are used to draw money. And this kind of working in which we put money in sugar and, and cinnamon is a really old-timey, fantastic hoodoo. And you find a lot of kind of workings in which you will put money in a container or a tin or of some sort and then keep it in, in the home or bury it. That's another very popular one. The tin of money is a real thing where people would put their money in a tin, uh, a coffee can of some sort, and then bury it in their backyard. These are really great ways, and you can alter them ever so slightly so that you're adding to it regularly so that you build this kind of a source of wealth or, or an emergency fund uh, using it. So I've, I've seen people use tins that they open up and add more and more to it until it gets nice and packed, and then they take it out and either deposit it or spend it or whatnot. Okay, now I'm going to yeah. take this in a different direction. Um, one of the things that I learned from a woman who was from India was although um, – in America, it, we're more likely to make a doll out of bread dough if we don't have anything else, um, or even mm. bread. You know, you can just take um, – we didn't even talk about bread. Oh, my God, you know, you can take and squish bread and make dough, uh, make it mm-hmm. squishy, you know, and make little dolls. In India, I was told that you make a doll out of rice, cooked rice. So this is like sticky rice, right? So if you mm-hmm. took that cinnamon and sugar and and cooked rice, you could form a little doll of a person. You could um, dry it over low heat. Um, it. The woman who taught me this said, you can use these for love. A doll, you know, a doll like this can be used for love. And um, you can also use it to um, cause someone to burn with love by heating it up, heating it up, heating it up, and even singeing it a little bit. But you could also, since it's for money, this is going to be a money doll, you could use it to uh, represent a boss who might hire you. The little mm. doll um, of cooked rice, cinnamon, and sugar that would be representing, and, and again, heated up, and uh, that doll would represent um, a, a well-favoring boss. But just one little note. If you're going to do just the basic, you know, a bowl full of rice with, with sugar or, or uh, just a bowl of vinaigrette seeds, leave them out and open in the open areas of your home. That's that's the key to that one. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, uh there's another spell that's similar to this um, that uses sugar, cinnamon, and a key that's left out in the open. No rice in this one, but you, no reason not to add rice. And that is where um, you take the key and turn it in for uh, to uh, and turn it to open doors for success. Um, these should not be closed up. Um, um, this should be left in the open, and. Um, and then the skeleton key or the old-fashioned key is used in it and can be stuck in it as the key to success. Okay? Mm. Oh, I love it. Actually, the key to success, yeah, which you can turn. Mm-hmm. There's a picture. If you go to the AIR website um, at Miss Elvira's page, she has a, a photo that she took of such a spell um, with a with a large ornamental it wasn't it was like a mardi gras skeleton key ornament um Mm. and that's a um you know as a 
uh, token of success. All right. Well, this was wonderful. I really love this, and um, we probably should write a book on it. You know, <laughs> magic in the kitchen. <laughs> I think we should. If we do, we're going to make it be. Uh, we're going to get you, Sister Girl. We're going to get uh, Papa G, Miss Michael, Contrabanali, and me, and a few other people. Because I think between us, we probably have more than a hundred spells that we could do yeah. that only take place in the kitchen. <laughs> okay. Let's turn this over to. Papa Newt, he's going to give us our announcements, and then after that, we're going to come back and we're all going to say goodbye. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali, and thank you, Sister Girl of SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be William Stick Evers of WilliamStickEvers.com in Las Vegas, Nevada. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forest Hill, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Contraman Ali at theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. Uh, I'm your announcer, Papa Newt, joining you from papanewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Tug Man playing the Tug Man Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> ah, thank you so much, Papa Newton. I just have to throw one other one. Writing your prayer with a with a ballpoint pen and the aluminum pie plate, baking the pie, serving the pie, nothing marks the pie but the pie baked on your petition. Mm, love it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I got a million of them, folks. I got a million of them. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> um, we'll be back next week, um, and we're going to have a whole lot of um, good ideas. Oh, my God, now Dr. Shiva saying, write in the dough. Oh, my God, yes, in Trolldom and all those spells of Trolldom where you write in the dough as you fold it. Well, those are more cooking spells, but again, those are for real. Um, and also rubbing the wound with the bread and going counterclockwise to take the pain out of the wound. Oh, my gosh, there's a million of them, folks. It's a book. It's a book. Magic in the kitchen. All right, I hope you all will help me write it. All right. Bye. We're gonna say we're gonna say good night. <laughs> good night. Good night. Bye. <laughs>